Coffee Carmen Connection is about being human. It's about you choosing to prioritize your well-being, putting the time in to strengthen your resilience to adversity, and being part of a community that holds you accountable and offers support when the going gets tough. Our podcasts bring expert insight and real-life experiences together for you to enjoy and learn what it is that makes us human and how to work with it. Good morning, Steve. Thank you so much for joining me on Coffee Calm Connections podcast and for bearing with the last 15 minutes of technical difficulties. Welcome. My pleasure, pleasure, Sarah. (laughs) So um, many people listening will know uh, the name Steve White, uh, but there are also a number of people that are outside of the insurance industry that might not. So I wonder, Steve, if you could give us uh, a bit of uh, a couple of minutes intro as to who Steve is. Steve is in his... um early 60s has been in, been in the insurance industry since a schoolboy. Um, I spent the summer holidays in the fifth form, lower sixth and upper sixth, as it was called back in the mid-70s, um, working uh, with my father at the Norwich Union. My, my father was, um, in his early days, a Norwich Union inspector, but became um, office-bound later in his career. Uh, he, got, he got me into Norwich Union, as I say, in the three summer holidays in a row. And uh, I rather enjoyed putting on a suit, earning some money and working with adults. So, so when the decision came as to do I go to, to college and do the accountancy course, I had my eyes on or do I get a full-time job with Norwich Union? I chose the latter and I've been in the insurance industry ever since. I spent uh, my first year with Norwich Union. I then did 21 years with the Orion Insurance Company, who were latterly part of the Guardian Royal Exchange Group. I did 21 years at Orion until um, Orion was acquired by AXA as part of their takeover of the GRE. Um, I then jumped ship and joined the fledgling General Insurance Standards Council um, back at the start of twenty, of, back at the start of the year two thousand. Um, joining them uh, six months before they launched, I did a couple of years with them, and then got a job within what was then the FSA, the Financial Services Authority. Did two or three years there. Uh, I then joined Bieber in the spring of 2004, some nine months or so ahead of the statutory regulation coming in to, into to play. I joined Bieber as um, head of the compliance uh, function. Did that until the spring of 2013 when I became chief exec. I've been chief exec uh, ever since. So there's a, a brief potted CV for you. Uh, fabulous. And actually, what what's interesting there is to see the different um, uh, ways in which you've climbed up through the insurance industry. And to be um, chief exec of, a, of an organisa- organisation like Bieber is incredible. And what I'm really interested in talking to you today about, and I'm really grateful for you coming on, is that's not without its stresses. Working through sort of... Uh, life, work, going up the the ladder, managing family, you know, life is not an easy thing to do. And I would really love to talk to you about the challenges, the opportunities, personal challenges. What have you come up with in yourself that has gone, oh, I need to do a rethink here because we all do. And I think hearing from you would be invaluable to lots of people, myself included, uh, about how to manage life and and get somewhere, you know, that we want to be. I'm happy to talk about it, Sarah, so far away. So I think probably 
the, the way where I'd like to start, and it's partly personal about because I'm going through a bit of a, a, a rejig of life at the moment. What have you what have you come across in life? Is there anything about yourself, about your self-beliefs that you've come up against and had challenged during life? What was it? How did you cope with it? What how have you worked with it? Yeah, good question, Sarah. I mean, I, I'm twice divorced, and I think um, divorce is probably um, one of the one of the, the most stressful, if not the most stressful, things that you can you can go to go through. Um, I had a triumvirate of uh, a change of job, a divorce, and a consequent house move all around the, the same time, and it, it it challenges you. It challenges you. But I think one of the ways to get yourself through it is just make sure you have a clear understanding of what your strengths and your weaknesses are um, I mean, that's, a, that's a pretty good start point for, for life I think just understanding what it is you, you're good at what are you not so good at what, 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 are you, what, are your, what do you lean on when, time, when times are tough how do, you, how do you get through those and uh, from, for, for me um, a bit of personal belief um, there's a balance, isn't there? But there's a balance and a difference between personal belief and arrogance. And I've always very much tried to stay on the the former, not the latter. Um, so just trusting you, trusting yourself, trusting your judgment, working out what it is you can do to try and bring the stress levels down. Do you go cycling? Do you go running? Do you go walking? Do you listen to music? Do you do a combination of those things? What What is it that gets the gets the the, the stress out? And I've done quite a lot of walking during lockdown because it's it has a number of therapeutic uh, sides to it. It, 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 is a, it is a great way of taking a break. It's actually good for you. Run, walking is better for you than jogging, um, and probably safer for you than cycling. Um, and it, it, it's just a way of bringing that, bringing that stress level down, and giving giving you time for yourself. It does help to, to clear the clear the mind and allow you to, to focus. So, a long and rambling answer, I think. But uh, no, that's... I think you've given me about fifteen questions from it, which is which is great. So, somebody uh, very very uh, wonderful, my dad, uh, said to me only yesterday, the Buddhists say, when walking, walk. And one of the things I'm not very good at is I do everything at the same time. So I multitask to the uh, probably extreme degree. Uh, and he's, he's told me about an app called Picture This. And what it is, is you can um, take a picture of a flower or a, or a leaf and it will tell you what that particular flower is. So he's suggested to me that instead of when I'm walking, also trying to read my book or do my emails or whatever it is, that I look in nature and I learn about flowers, which I thought was a really uh, uh, lovely idea and not something that would ever have occurred to me because walking is so beneficial to you if you do it right, which is something I don't think we do right in Western society at the moment. I do my emails, I check Facebook, I look at LinkedIn whilst I'm walking. Sarah, I was just about to say there are so many people you see out about who don't walk right because they have their nose in their phone and they're not seeing what's actually in front of them and going on around them. And uh, um, you, you do need that separation time from modern technology sometimes. 
I totally agree. What when you're when you're talking about looking at what your strengths and weaknesses are, how how do you how do you do that when you were looking at yourself and going what what are my strengths and what are my weaknesses? How did you go about that without being caught in your own kind of echo chamber? I'm good at this, but I'm bad at this. But I'm good at this, but I'm bad at this. How how do you methodically assess those, and then where do you concentrate? Well, I think there's an element of self assessment, Sarah, but there's also relying on um, family, um, close friends, um, trusted work colleagues. You know, tell me about me. What is what is it that uh, I what is it I could do better? Um, one of the things I'm sometimes guilty of is talking over people, and I really try and beat myself up over it. And go, stop it. Take a step back and. And listen, and, and listening skills really do need to be um, not underestimated. There's a subtle difference between listening and hearing, and we need to we need to be, we all could do with being a little bit better at the hearing. Yeah, we, we we listen, but do we do we hear? Do we understand? Do we engage? And uh, mm-hmm. it's an important thing about what we what we do at Bieber. One of the things that uh, I said when I became chief executive is we we need to be better at sitting down and listening and hearing. We do a, a tour of our regions each autumn. We've done it every year now since 2013. And it's a great way of listening to what is the, re- the real broad church of Beaver membership. And we take all the feedback from that and work out what to do for the, the coming year. So we create a, a manifesto of, off the back of that. So what issues are members telling us about they want us to do on their behalf? So, so, so listening skills, both individually and corporately, really important, really important. I wonder, um, I wonder if there's, because uh, I agree, and I had a conversation with my nine-year-old this morning, and what I said to her was, you, you heard the words, they went into your ear, but you did nothing with it with your brain. You then dismissed it. There's a difference, Isabel, and I was trying to explain to her, and all I was trying to do was get to clean her teeth. Um, but I wonder if there is, uh, so active listening, we've all heard the term, and I think of it personally about listening without agenda, because I think what we often find is we, we are naturally, as, as, as human beings, we have an agenda to a conversation or to, I don't know, a plan or a day. Like my agenda is I'm going to go for a run. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do this. I'm going to fix this. I'm going to sort this. But the agenda is always there. So maybe, uh, example, Coffee Calm Connection. We're doing a podcast. We're talking about life, real life things. Do I have an agenda for this podcast well, it's part of a business strategy. It's part of a marketing strategy. So, you know, it would be easy to, to feed that agenda into a conversation. And I think it's really hard to take the agenda away and go, no, I just want to hear about Steve. And I don't want to talk about Coffee Calm Connection. And that is the point of it. Does that make any sense? Yes, it does. And I, th- I think another key thing in, in that, Sarah, is to not assume you know what you're going to be told. Because we, we 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 all we all do an element of that, don't we? Oh, I, know, I know where this conversation is going. Well, to get that thought out of your head and just listen, because the, the, there will be something. There will be something you don't know how the conversation will go, even if you think you do. And I think also there's a danger. We I did a podcast on communication a while ago. I think there's a danger when you do think you know where it's going to go that you miss the subtleties that really allow for open communication because you've made a judgment on what's going to be said. And I might 
articulate something differently from you or in in the same words but there might be a different feeling behind it and I think it's really interesting something I just want to touch on you 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 said a moment ago about relying on uh, friends family uh, trusted work colleagues have you done that because that is an incredible amount of vulnerability involved in going please tell me about me what do I need to improve what's good what's bad have you done that yourself yeah I have yeah Never be afraid of what you might call an upward appraisal. We, we have we have managers appraising their staff, but never, never be afraid to do it the other way round because you, it's, it's interesting to what you get back. What you get back might not be what you would have assumed, and assumes assumptions are dangerous things anyway, aren't they? Certainly, certainly in business and in, in life more general. So never never assume that. You are perceived the way you think you are. Remember, Can remember you the, give the us... old adage about communications: the communication is only as clear as it is to the recipient. You, know, you, you, you are what people perceive you to be. So ask how you're perceived, and don't judge the perception as wrong because it's when you're not thinking wrong. about it. Exactly. Perception is reality. At the end, at the end of the day, I think that might be the title of this podcast. Perception is reality. I think that's fabulous. What's the most um, surprising thing that you've learnt about yourself during one of uh, one of your uh, sort of appraisals, work or, or personal? Um, that's a very, very difficult question to answer. I think um, the most surprising. Um, I have an open door policy, um, but not many people not many people come through it. Um, now that may be because we are a small team, and there are things that people would rather not share with the boss. Uh, so that, and having worked for the business and then become the chief exec of the business, you have a relationship with your colleagues. There's a different relationship you have when you are their boss. Yeah, so um, that's that's been a, a little bit of a surprise, but uh... yeah, that's a good one. Um, that is a good one. My, um, I was talking to my dad, and he has worked in insurance his whole life, and he was telling me about the 360 degree appraisals that they used to do in, in various uh, organisations he's worked for, and um, and one of the things he said. Uh, was that, uh, I can't quite remember the wording of it, but one of his um, uh, managees, I don't know if that's the right word, one of the team he managed had said to him, uh, you always, you you look grumpy and unapproachable. And I, and I know you've got open door, but I'm not, I'm not really sure whether, you know, whether to do that or not, because I, I don't feel it. So that again, and that surprised him, he completely whoa, did not see that coming. And I think that's a really interesting point. Um, and I think I, one of the things that I've been told about myself, which I probably did know, but is that I'm incredibly direct and sometimes people are a bit taken aback by it um, and I need to tone myself down a bit uh, because uh, it can put people off and I don't, you know, there's no malice, there's no judgment. There's, I'm just, I see it, I say it. Uh, and sometimes people can be offended by it, and I, you know, haven't meant any offence. So that's a part of Sarah that needs a little bit of tweaking. 
Well, people will respect you for it because you you say you say what you mean. There's no, you're not, you're not playing games. No, and if I tried, you'd see it on my face. I have what what we call a glass face. <laughs> yeah, I I, 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 I empathise with the, the point your, your father made. Um, there's a schoolboy inside of me that comes out sometimes, but the, the colleagues don't often see it. Friends and family see it very regularly. Um, so, but it's, and it's not deliberately hidden. I suppose you you you. We all put on a, a work persona that may be a little different to the personal persona. I had a really interesting conversation with Alistair Fraser uh, uh, Marsh, and he was talking about when he was running Indonesia, he had a very um, clear uh, separation between family and work life when he started uh, uh, his, his position in Indonesia. And what he said was, somebody, uh, I think it was his boss at the time, said to him, stop being so British. And he was out for dinner one day with, with family or friends, and one of his, either a work colleague or a, a client, came over and said hello. And he was a bit like, oh, no, this is my private life. This, we do not mix these. But the minute that uh, separation started to break down, good things started to happen. And he was Alistair, whether he was sort of Marsh or, or friends or family. But that's a very, very difficult thing to do because you've got different priorities which bring out different parts of your personality, I think. Yeah, you, I mean, you are, you are what you are. Um, it's uh, that, work, that work home balance has been completely distorted the last 18 months because we've all been doing... Um, work from home um, and that's 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 difficult for for some people to to deal with one of the one of the benefits of the uh, over an hour commute that uh, I have um, albeit I'm not commuting every day one of the benefits of that is that if you've if you've had a bad day by the time you get home the bad day's long gone but of course if you've had a bad if you've had a bad day while working from home you have there's no getting rid of it. You may move from the uh, your, your workstation to your sofa, but you've, the bad the, the badness still sits, and that's um, something we we do need to think about as um, as people managers. How do how do we get around that? How do we help our staff over over that? Because home working is going to continue for a number of people for, for quite a, for, as part of their working lives. I would suggest for quite a while. So. People are going to have to learn to, to manage that separation or lack of separation. Mm. I, I think COVID has completely flattened any uh, any work-life uh, separation. And I think there's a lot of positives in it as well. But as you say, there's a lot of negatives. And I was trying through lockdown to bookend my days with a walk. Um, and actually, my office, where, where I am today, I did work through lockdown but mostly because my husband said to me in the second lockdown in February, I can homeschool three kids and I can work full time, but I cannot cope with you. Please, please go back to your office. Um, so I, I was walking to and from the office every day or when I was working from home, bookending uh, the day. But again, I wasn't walking properly. So, I, you know, it was it was not doing anything for my um, sort of work life separation. Uh, it is just on that point. How do you you obviously manage and have through your life managed a team of people? How how do you compete? <clears throat> how do you balance the competing interests of manager 
work to be done, targets to hit, whatever it might be, and people's well-being? Because that's a big question people are asking now. <coughs> Excuse me. It's a it's it's a delicate balance. You, you, we have to make we have to make sure that as businesses in a service sector, we are still doing what we're what our primary function is, which which is to service our customers. So for Beaver, our customers being our being our members. So you have, you have to balance what works for the members, what works for the business, and then what works for the individual members of staff. So you, there's a, like a triumvirate you're you're, you're juggling here. Um, do you know, that is what has inspired Coffee Calm Connection for me, because the juggle is so real. The life juggle of kids, work, business, husband, wife, house, making sure that I've been to Tesco's and done the relevant shop. That juggle is so real and it's so intense. And I've spoken to so many people that struggle with it, myself included, um, that these kind of conversations help me because it's learning other people's way of managing uh, I think it I think it's fascinating question for you have you ever in your life come up against a self-belief that you have recognized as holding you back and what was it um let's go back to what I was talking about that balance between self-confidence self-assurance and arrogance and uh, I've always tried to stay on the uh, the former rather than the latter, but I th I think sometimes self confidence in what I was then a junior staff member might be perceived by my seniors as as arrogance. It's that perception is reality again, and your behaviour is perceived by different people in different ways. So how do you balance that? How, how the same action and you think I'm arrogant and you think I'm, uh, you know, just good at what I do. How, how do you balance that? I think it was um, being positive in, in what you do. So who's prepared to stay late and do this? Yeah, I'll do that. We've got a problem in our Birmingham office. Yeah, I'll go and sort, I'll go and sort that. Um, when I started um, my career, being geographically flexible um, was perceived to be a real positive. Um, so I was prepared to move around. In fact, I, I think I'm right in saying that in the history of the Orion Insurance Company, I was the most relocated person. Um, and that was, ne that was never, really a, never really a problem to me. We moved as a family several times in my youth. Um, and then we moved down from... Uh, North London down to the Kent coast when I was 19. So I had no real um, bond with Folkestone. I live in Folkestone now and have lived in Folkestone since 1997. But when people say, where are you from? I'm from North London. I live in, I live in Folkestone, but I'm actually, I, I consider myself still bizarrely to be from, from North London. So to, to go back to the, to go back to the point that the, the way I, I manage that I'm not arrogant, I'm just confident, was, was to throw myself into the job, be pliable, be malleable, be helpful, be, be trusted. And I think that, mm. I think that, I think that really, I think, I like to think that would, that uh, really helps. What do you think about um, uh, the openness of asking for help? So what I mean is, 
I, I'm perceived by many as a very confident individual, but I uh, have a weakness whereby in op if the opportunity arises, I will say something critical, self-critical. I'm not sure why I do it. I don't always believe it. It's usually just, you know, to f fill an empty space. But it's something that I work very hard on doing because I do it too much. But there is a balance, isn't there, between... Yes, I can do this and I will give it my all, but these are the parts of it that I'm going to struggle with. Have you got any advice? Could you give me your expertise in how I might tackle this? That type of confidence with humbleness, I suppose. Yep, I think it, I think it is a positive characteristic to, to, to know what you don't know. And there's nothing wrong in asking, if you don't know, ask. If you're regularly asking the same thing about the same thing that you apparently didn't know, then, then there's a problem. But then, learn. But it, Ask it is, and it, then learn. It is, a, it is a character strength to put your hand up and say, look, I don't know. Um, I'll either go away and find out or I'll, I'll ask you, can you help me? Can you, give me? can you give me an answer? Yeah. And I think it's the way you do it, isn't it? And, and the way you do it will um, either inspire or worry people. You know, it's, it's all semantics. It's all perception. If I come to you, say, Steve, I've absolutely got this. Um, there's a couple of bits that I need a bit of help on. Do you mind if I ask you a question? Is the same thing as me going, well, I think I can do it. Um, I mean, there's some stuff I've got no idea about and, and I, you know, I'll have to try, but I'm just not sure. Like it's the same thing, but it's a different way of, of sort of putting yourself out there. And I think, um, I think that's something that I've learned about myself over the last, uh, few years and that brings me into a question I'm just going to throw a word out and I'd love to know your thoughts on it imposter syndrome have you ever suffered from it do you know within your team people that might suffer from it how do you deal with it I suffer from it yeah I, I, I look around and say am I, am I am I really am I really here you know I look around at some of the, the people at the, the, the top of businesses in this sector and say, I don't belong in that, I don't belong in that company. Um, so, yeah, that, they, there's, there's, there's nothing wrong with that per se. It's just, as I say, it, it's a, one of those characteristics of yourself that you need, you need to recognise. Um, but to go back to the, the previous point, Sarah, um, life is a continual learning exercise. None of, none of us have got the complete book of, of learning. Um, it's it is a it is a personality strength to recognise that you don't know something. It's also a personality weakness to be a closed book when it comes to learning. I've I've met a few people down the years who um, would take the suggestion of training as a personal personal insult. Well, I, I, I'm sorry, but you know, as I say, the the, the book is never full. When it comes to when it comes to learning, I, I think that is such um, such an important thing to remember, and I'm really grateful to you for um, talking about imposter syndrome because I personally believe everybody suffers from it, and the more um, the more people I speak to, that that's uh, you know a stronger held belief. And I spoke to. Um, I spoke to Brett Sainty and he was uh, on a board and he said um, they were trying to get him to apply for a particular position and they were saying, oh, we need somebody with this skill and this skill and this experience and this skill. And Brett said he was thinking to himself, oh, yeah, that person sounds good. 
oh no, wait, wait, they're talking about me. And it was like a mo- moment of, oh dear, oh no, how can that possibly be? And, um, so it's back, to and perce- I, it's back to perceptions again, isn't it? Yeah, self-perception yeah. Is, is just as important as other people's perception. And I think how you perceive yourself is how you project yourself. And yep. that's really hard, but yeah. really important lesson to learn. And that's why you need to check as to how are you perceived. Because they, yeah. if, if, there, if there is the disjoint between what you would like it to be, what you think it is, and what it's, how it is perceived, then if you, know it, if you know it, you can do something about it. But at the same time, getting a variety of views is important and taking the average rather than any extreme views of, of people that hold to, about which you. Which is why you go to trusted sources rather than the world and his wife. Is there is there something to be said for trusted close sources um, being less critical because they've got a natural like like liking of you? Um, trusted sources don't necessarily mean mates. True, very you know, true. It's it's someone you trust and whose opinion you you value. So, and, part, and part of your selection is they they. But they call a spade a spade. So I... So you, I, so you'd gonna... be a great source, Sarah. I, I would love. I, <laughs> I tell you what, Steve. Uh, after, after Bieber next year, hopefully we might have done some more conversations and I'm going to come to you and I'm going to say, Steve, I'd like an appraisal, please. <laughs> That's what I'm going to do. So I'm, I'm warning you now. Yeah, I'll hold you to that. <laughs> Done. Absolutely. Um, okay, so on, on that note, I'm going to challenge everybody listening to go and speak to one family member, one friend and one trusted source, whether it's work or, or some other community that you're involved in, and ask them, tell me what you think of me. What are my strengths? What are my weaknesses? Uh, and how do you perceive me? How, how, do, how do I come across? How do I come across? Yeah. Fabulous, Steve. Uh, let, let's do a let's do a little one now as an ending note. Steve, how do I come across? Be nice. <laughs> you come across very professionally. You're some you're you're someone who uh, speaks their mind, um, and someone who is good to talk to. Why? Thank you very much. And if you had one piece of advice to me on something that I might want to work on, what would that be? Oh, crumbs. Um, <laughs> we, 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 we spoke about um, that work-life balance. And I think what's, what's key in that is the ability to, to, to plan and to time manage if you, if you want that separation. Really important to be able to do that. But within that, retain the flexibility that allows you to respond to the next challenge in the most appropriate way. Fabulous. Well, I will report back to you after Bieber next year, uh, because that is actively something I'm working on at the moment. So I will report back to you how I'm working on it and how successful I've been. I look forward to that, Sarah. On that note, Steve, I am so, uh, so very grateful for your openness and your time today. I think it's been really interesting. Thank you. My pleasure. Thank you for listening to today's podcast. Your reviews, shares and followership is incredibly valuable to us. If you'd like to know more about our work through Coffee Carmen Connection and how we can support you, please email us at hello at coffeecarmconnection.org or follow us on social media. Thank you.